Welcome to the Employer Content Marketing Pod. This is the podcast that looks at employer marketing through a content marketing lens. So for the first time, all returning listeners, I really want to thank you for, for listening. You're all really awesome in my book. You know, please do follow, share and rate this pod. Your support really does you know, mean a lot to me and, and I think it really helps kind of keep the motivation going to, to still produce these, these episodes and have chats with some, some great people in the industry. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you're listening. In this episode, I wanted to talk early careers recruitment. It's been a big part of my career in employee and recruitment marketing, and I've seen it often take up the lion's share of focus, effort, and budget for many organizations. It's a highly competitive market, and you know, organizations recruiting um, early career talent is, is often a big, big part of that. So that's why I'm super happy to have Connor Cotton from SpringPod with me today. Hi, Connor. How's it going? Hi. Yeah, thank you for having me on. What part of the the world are you locked down in at the moment? So I'm currently in Cheshunt, so um, Hertfordshire, and not a million miles away from where you are as well. Yeah, I'm I'm in Enfield, so not not too far at all. Got family in uh, in Cheshunt, so yeah, nice one. Good good part of the world. Um, Sure. So really thought... Kind of just wanted to start off by really if you just introduce yourself what's your role and um, tell us a bit about what what SpringPod do yeah definitely um so i'm as as chris said i'm connor i am the head of employer strategy here at SpringPod. um so in my role i'm looking at long-term employer strategies with with different employers so ranging from our existing um employers which is the likes of ey fujitsu jaguar land rover and so on and seeing that how they can sort of maximize our offering and how we can actually maximize um their their early careers talent plans and their early careers calendar to ensure the best results and, and best ROI um, and, and SpringPod itself is, is in its own form is a mobile and web app um, used by students, schools, colleges and graduates around the country for careers education so we're really big on on putting students first and with careers education in schools not being great um, but a real push given the Gatsby benchmark introduction we're really trying to ensure that young people understand the breadth of opportunity out there um, which was something I faced. You know, I was when I when I was in school, I was forced to do my like my UCAS application and kind of forced into that that one area. Like you're going to go to uni and you're going to study this, and it was like well, that's not the right pathway for me. And that's the same for many many young people across the country. And and that's what we're trying to support with. Yeah, nice. I really like kind of you know really like what you guys you know stand for. You know, yes, you're and you're, you're ultimately an app providing that technology to connect people looking for work with employers looking to recruit the right people but you know this stuff that you're doing around helping kind of young people discover their discover their future career and exploring what's you know what what options they have i think is, is definitely really, really good really definitely good. so in your in your role um what is it you kind of what are the challenges do like do you find that the early career audience typically face? Yeah, um, well, obviously at the moment, given the the sort of COVID-19 situation, some of them have changed and some have just been escalated, I guess, in some ways. Um, I think the first the first key area is sort of broadening reach 
um, amount uh, to a bigger audience and to the right mm. audience as well. And I think there's a key word there in the right audience piece. Mm. Um, the the early careers market, as I'm sure many of your listeners know, is a very competitive market, especially um, grad space and especially the apprenticeship space. Actually, you're often employers from different industries. It doesn't matter if it's consultancy, if it's banking and finance, if it's engineering, are all competing for a similar level of candidate. And that's in the apprenticeship space and that's in the graduate space. So it is overly, it's an overly competitive market and, and you've got a lot of, of huge, huge brands fighting for the same limelight, the same noise, the same candidates and, and almost sort of elbowing one another out of the way um, in many ways. And, and the, the problems we see in the apprenticeship space um, sort of more specifically is that a lot of young people don't actually understand who these brands are. When I was in school, you you wouldn't if you said to me who are who are EY or Ernst and Young, I probably wouldn't have had any idea. Mm. Only since working with them and and developing a relationship with them have I been able to understand that. And it's the same for many young people across the country. So, being able to broaden reach and put your employer brand at the forefront and being able to allow young people to understand who you are and why it is important to come and work for you. And and at the end of the day, not necessarily your competitors or not or not other other industries as well. Like I said, the, the competition amongst the engineering and even consultancy and so on is so rife now mm. um, as they fight for that same pool. So that's that's one area where we're seeing a lot of um, a lot of struggling, should we say in some ways. Obviously due to COVID nineteen, a lot of people strip back their their recruitment processes. Um, mm. and there's only a few that are still recruiting. Um, so that that has put a shift to that. So more focused around just educating and, and just allowing for a bit more brand awareness at the moment. Um, another thing we've seen is is, is actually time and resource. Um, early careers re- recruitment um, sort of teams and early careers marketing teams and so on. Often, yes, like you said at the start, they have big budgets. They're a huge part of a, of a big brand and even smaller brands overall sort of recruitment that they deliver. However, that doesn't mean that they have a team of 20, 30, 40 people. Often, sure. yeah, definitely. O- often you've got teams of four, five, six people at the max. And even mm. then, that is on a on a good day with, with some employers. So workload and so on and so forth is often an issue. Um, and being able to, you, often they're working with so many suppliers, they're working with agencies as well and so on. And they need to, they need to almost take workload off them and they can't do everything. They can't go to every school. They can't go to every university. They can't, I mean, they physically can't be on campus anymore. So yeah, true. digital assets and being able to support them as much as possible is also another area we've seen where we've been able to um, really, I guess really support and really grow our business in the employer market because we are a managed service. You know, even um, Oliver Fisher, who would have been talking on, on one of your previous episodes about Springpod Studios, that was managed content. We even supported the creation of that. So, and that's something where we've seen, like I said, yeah, a big struggle, but we've been able to plug that gap. Mm, nice. And um, I suppose actually that that thing around campus and obviously with with the pandemic and you know there's a thing there's a big challenge there isn't there about well what's going to happen in the autumn um, yeah you know it's it, i I've, I've been involved in in campus recruitment you know the milk round as it is it's called and um i've often found that she in in fact the term milk round suggests a bit of kind of you know hamster wheel element to it yeah the milk round each year and with that i think cam 
become a bit of sameness, you know, going, well, we go to these careers fairs, we'll do these, these, these workshops. Um, we For will sure. go in these publications and, you know, advertising these publications. We will do a bit of social, we'll do some video. Um, and actually I find that what's happening now is with people not being able to go onto, you know, campus, are they going to be printing loads of brochures? You know, are, yeah. are they going to be going to, you know, maybe too many careers fairs because they're not going to the right places um, exactly you know actually like with what's happening in many many parts of the world and many organizations and and industries is is will this actually break the milk round a little bit and get people to think differently yeah i think i know this sounds really strange and and obviously what's going on in the world right now is awful and and you wouldn't wish you wouldn't wish illness or anyone on, on your worst enemy but in a way for the early careers recruitment marketing element it's been a kind of blessing in disguise because it's allowed people to almost pivot and create long-term strategies that are more digital and um, really think about okay how are we going to put our employer brand at the forefront i mean there's a big thing that I, I was talking to someone the other day and I said, people are going to ask you, what did you do as an employer during COVID-19? Yeah. That's, so you need to think about your employer brand right now. And if you aren't making any noise right now, and if you aren't putting your employer brand um, in the correct position and you're not being shown as a, as a good potential employer for the future or, or so on, then you're going to suffer when we come out of this because people are going to want to work for the brands that made the noise that would be, were being seen in the market and that were doing the right thing. Um, mm. And I think that's so important. And it, like I said, in a way, that's where this has been a blessing in disguise because people have been able to invest that extra time that they might have created from this. Um, mm. And also look at things like you said, social media, for example, which was probably um, underutilized in this market, looking at things like virtual events and, and so on, um, which are more highly targeted and often actually less workload because you can hit 3000 schools in a day on a virtual event instead of one school per day going mm. in, in, on campus. So the, the results are, are potentially massive. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And you guys have been doing, is it you did Learn Lounge? Um, yeah, actually, you know, fantastic series of of online sessions. Um, and you've, I mean, Ollie talked a bit about this, but you, you've reached you've reached thousands of people from that, haven't you? Yeah, and it's a testament as well to the speakers. You know, we've had Monty Panasar, the cricketer, Mark Warburton, the QPR manager. We've had Simon Esner, who's um, an entrepreneur and um, chef as well. So, you know, the, the people we've had, um, it's really supported in, in young people are often, I think, going to be sat at home right now and wondering, what am I going to do? You know, there's no one recruiting. It, what's going to happen to the economy? Are employers going to be want to hire me and so on? And and I think these have supported to inspire them. Um, mm. And then we followed that up with some of our biggest um, employer partners and prospective employer partners who who I work with are delivering employability sessions to support that as well. Mm. So so you you can get inspired and actually get skilled at the same time. Yeah, nice. And um, actually, go. I think that touches on one of my other questions, which is around thinking at thinking about. The audience we often say you know let's think about the audience and you know not just who they are but what they need you know what yeah what do you find are the kind of the biggest things that that you know let's, let's call it let's say gen z need at the moment yeah. you know, they're, they're they're getting to a stage where they're actually thinking about you know getting out of education education yeah. or moving to the next step in education um or entering the the world of work what it 
what are their needs and, and their motivations at the moment? Yeah, I think the first thing is they need to know that it's okay. It's it's okay that yes, all this is going on, but we will come out of this in the end. That's the first thing because there is there is a lot of young people that, like I just touched on, are going to be sat at home and wonder what is going to happen now. Um, they're going to be worried that their their potential offer might be pulled back, or um, the job they were looking at at RBS, for example, is going to get pulled. Mm. Um, so, so you need to really support them and. You need to actually use this time to to educate them as well, because you're never as an employer, you've technically got seven days a week where you can really utilize and, and target them a bit more. They're not necessarily going to be, you know, in the normal school academic curriculum mm. um, from Monday to Friday. So they're going to be spending more time on social. They're going to be spending more time online. So we need to really ensure that that brands are aligning with that and, and helping to educate them and, and helping to support them in this time in terms of careers education employability skills and things like that mm -hmm. um i think brands need to take a look at uh, and this is a funny argument um that me and um, someone from smrs have been having that we're looking to do a research piece on is um consumer v employer and and how um consumer brands are are probably at the forefront of youth marketing, actually, when you look at it. Yes, there are some amazing brands um, doing great things for uh, young people right now. But actually, when you look at it, the, the the best things you're seeing in youth marketing now are things like the Defected Virtual Festival and, you know, the things that Boohoo are doing and so on. And employers could probably actually look at that and think, well, how could we do something similar? Mm. It doesn't necessarily need to be a direct recruitment activity because, let's face it, that's going to be quite slim in terms of recruitment mm. activity right now. But a brand awareness activity, uh, something just to support young people, something to keep young people going mentally and so on. Um, and that's only going to benefit you in the long run. Exactly. I think that's that's the massive part, isn't it, about – I think do you thinking about what the audience needs, I think that that's just nailed it on the head really is, is not thinking about, well, what, what can I put in front – what can I sell this person? Yeah, you know, and it applies to consumer, sure. isn't it? You know, what job can I put in front of them? How can how can we? What do we want to say is basically, you know, what what do they want? What do they need? Yeah, you know, and that, you actually, it's like the the job is. I've said this in a meeting before, um, a good few years ago. I kind of said to the client, "Well, actually, you're not in the you're not in the job of 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 um, getting applications, and you're in the job of giving your audience." What they what need they want. Yeah. to help and, them actually make an informed decision to then yeah. make them want to apply for you. And and yes, obviously, you know, you, all these consumer um, companies out there that, that are focused on Gen Z right now are obviously, in theory, selling stuff. But at the same time, they're not. They're just trying to make sure that their brand is being seen to do the mm. do the right thing and to be supportive. And you know, you've got things like mental health. I mean, it's a mental health awareness week right now when we're recording yeah. this, for example. So you do have to think how how can you how can you speak to speak the voice of your audience and i think often that's forgotten about mm. um and and we're, we're probably all guilty of it um you'll often get early careers teams that will send sort of their their early careers manager into a school for example or to do a session and yes they're great but you know where we've seen the great results and where classrooms boardroom which i'm sure ollie mentioned on the episode was so good was it was young people speaking to young people you know that's yeah. what that's what they want and that's the voice these young people want to hear right now they want to hear young people knowing that it's okay that they've got great jobs and that things are going to be all right in the end um mm -hmm. 
uh, and where that's maybe potentially led them to. We had one lad, um, Safwan, on uh, Learn Lounge, who was an apprentice at EY, and now he's at Grant Thornton, and he's in like oh, an yeah, exec. He's great. Yeah, yeah, he's in like an exec position. Um, we've got uh, Dan Marsh, um, who's at Lloyd's Banking Group, who went from apprentice golden boy, as I say to him. I'm quite good friends with him, and and now he sits on on like the executive business board. And so there's all these success stories, and that's that's the voice young people want to hear. They don't necessarily want to hear you kind of bang on about the beauty of your kind of, you know, oh, this is our job ad, and this is what you do on a daily basis, and these are the perks working here. They actually want to know what is it actually like, you know, voice to voice from a young person to young person. What's it like to work there? How have you benefited, and how have you grown? Um, yeah, definitely. Definitely, I've been in a, I've been in like careers fairs where someone's come up and said, "So, what do you do?" And the initial reaction would be, right, "Hang on a minute, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they should do their research." But actually, it's a fair enough question, you know. What, yeah. So, what do you do? And yeah, going going into schools and and maybe starting off with talk, you know, going through a PowerPoint presentation of of um, you know, includes things like organizational charts and. Yeah, and um, we have a rotational program, and you know we'll give you all the support you need. It's like, well, definitely, that's great, but but come on, let's go down to basics. And, <laughs> what and, what do you actually do? Yeah, what is uh, it you do? You know, yeah. I I haven't gone in, I haven't worked before, or I've done a bit of work, and whether I'm confident or not, I'm still a little bit unsure. So so tell well, me. It's funny. I was having a chat with an agency yesterday, and we were talking about sort of virtual events and things like that for mm. for employers. Um, and, and, and we were having a funny conversation and we said, actually, do you know what doesn't make sense? You've got like, let's say this person's called Jane and they go into a school and they talk about the early careers opportunities. Now, often if you go up to Jane and say, what does a field technician do on a daily basis? Jane will go, I don't know, because all she's done is given a job description by the, the maybe the hiring manager or, or that yeah. the, and then slaps it on live and does some sort of extra promotion around it. So. But if you had young people delivering that message who do that role and understand it, or you have ambassadors on things like SpringPod, or you have content like Classroom to Boredom or whatever they may be, delivering the message, and there's a much better understanding, oh, so that's what you do. Mm. It's not a, oh, you're just a field technician. What does a field technician do? Oh, I don't know. It's, this is what I do on a daily basis, and this is how it's benefited me, and this is my potential growth. Mm. Um and so I do think that's that's an area we probably do get it wrong as an early careers market, let's say, where we do need to be a bit better. We need to think, okay, these brands out there are doing really well at getting young people speaking to young people. So why don't we follow? Mm. Yeah, definitely. And you know, companies sit on a whole load of stories and and experience that they can share with definitely with um, with, with people who are are considering taking those first steps into into the world of work you know yeah. um I, I, i've been being in a meeting before where it was like um well would people would people listen to us if we gave them advice about you know the recruitment process or you know what you need um to you know prepare yourself for a recruitment process whichever company that's for and I said yeah absolutely because you know how how many applications do you guys as an organization screen every year yeah. <laughs> you know, so you're absolutely in a position to provide 
provided advice. It's funny you mentioned that. That I think this was probably a point for an early question. But the the thousands of applications things you mentioned. Mm. One thing I am, and you you've probably heard this in your time as well, delivering the way the work you've delivered is is quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, and I think now more than ever. Um, people are really, really, really going. We want quality applications. We want quality candidates. Not qu- we don't want ten thousand applications where not many are relevant. But you don't get that unless you get this piece we're talking about now, right? Mm-hmm. So the employer branding, your and the student engagement you deliver, the way you att- attract and engage, has to be right. Otherwise, the student recruitment piece isn't right. You mm-hmm. have to merge the two together and make them a seamless kind of pipeline. Should we say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think, was it there's something that came out recently? What was it? Um, was it the Think Tank, um, which is what the Resolution Foundation. Um, there was an article on the Evening Standard a few days ago, three days ago, um, saying, what was it? Young people most likely to lose work in coronavirus lockdown. Um, yes, I saw that actually. Someone said that to me. Yeah. Is it? We've got more than one in three 18 to 24 year olds and three in. Uh, yeah, more than one in three 18 to 24 year olds are receiving less pay than they did at the start of the year, this, the foundation said. You know, so there is, as you said, kind of a lot of concern there from um, from people who are of yeah. that group. And um, and when you if you can't focus on your your job vacancies, then you can you can understand that there's that maybe that that nervousness there from people. Yeah. So um, how about reassure them, or at least you know, say, well, we'll help you through this. Yeah. Um, whichever organization you join by, by giving you some advice on what you can do. Um, there was connected to this article actually was, um, was it, uh, Tim Armu, who's founder of, um, fan bites was on sky news. And, um, he was saying, you know, this is, this is obviously a massive challenge for Gen Z, um, the potential of being out of work, but actually now has never been a better time. Yeah. To be looking at looking at work. Yes, there are you know loads of jobs out there that are about retail, and of course, retail is being massively affected um, um, at the moment because of coronavirus. But you can set up a business online. Yeah, e- you know, e-commerce, your roots, you know, the mar- market is massive. So e-commerce is massive yeah. right now. It's that's probably one of the biggest growth industries right now, isn't it? Absolutely, um, absolutely. And then, I think there's a piece there as well. Like the uh, you see a lot of stuff in PR is also. Um, figuring out ways to, and, and this is something early careers are, early careers recruiters are starting to look at more now, is speaking to the influencing audiences as well and having tailored messages for parents, for careers mm. advisors, for students. Because let's face it, that, um, London, was it London Evening Standard article? Yeah. Probably the, the predominant audience, I'm going to imagine, will be parents more than students. So mm. parents are going to see that and then feed that into their children. So you need to figure out as employers, as people that are going to be creating the opportunity, how to speak to that audience and support the parent audience that they can then portray that message to young people in the right way. And they're feeling safe in the market that, okay, this is going to be okay. And and my son or daughter that doesn't want to go to uni is going to end up in an apprenticeship or or so on. Mm. So EY did something called um, Clueless Mum. Um, for their connected to their apprenticeship recruitments, where basically had um, a mum I think who turned up to one of their um, they call it parentship, which yeah. is taken parent and apprenticeship and put the two together, which is pretty cool. Um, and um, she basically did a vlog, which is about her talking about 
you know, being a mum of someone who's looking looking for work. And uh, it's really nice that actually EY, you know, drove that because there will be, as you say, influences like parents being concerned about stuff and being maybe yeah. not sure about how to do things and actually listening to someone who is unsure about the same things, but also finding out what they've done to address the concerns that they've got and their, their children have got is a really nice way of doing it. Yeah, and parents will speak, you know, parents is the same with students. Students engage with students and parents engage with parents. And mm. um, a vlog's a great idea of an, an example of, of delivering that message in a really simple format. And mm. then, I'm, you know, you, you, you'll then open yourselves up to an audience of parents and mums and dads sharing to their Facebook audiences of mm. other mums and dads and so on. So there is a, it's a great marketing channel and a great example, I think. For sure, it's kind of basically it's a bit like with the learn lounge that you guys have done and, and um, classroom to boardroom. It's it's being more of a utility for people. Yeah, utility is is not, is is quite a dry, boring word. But actually, when you look at it, I mean, Facebook said Mark Zuckerberg said they wanted to become a utility to people. You know, it's um something that they they need to to you know get on with things in their in their lives. So um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's really important. Um. And so we touched on some of this a bit of this already, but what kind of what challenges are you seeing that early careers recruiters are facing or have faced, not just necessarily during lockdown, but generally what what challenges do early recruiters face when it comes to going out to market and um, and hiring the right people? Yeah, I think that that quality argument, which I touched on, is quite big um, mm. because you've got so many. The early careers market is there's a lot of suppliers um, in, in specifically a lot of job boards as such. So yeah. quality can become an issue. Um, and and we've all heard it that they're not getting the best return on investment, not because of cost per application, but because of cost per acquisition, because mm. the quality of the applications aren't good enough um, because you're allowing young people just to ultimately sort of mass apply and they're just clicking every single role that's relevant to them and mm. seeing what comes back. Um, so I think quality is a big area. Um, again, that, that time and <clears throat> that time and resource issue is quite important mm. um, that they don't, there's not enough time. You've got, often a lot of these people aren't necessarily a specialist they're doing that is i.e they don't just specialize in recruitment they also specialize in the onboarding the acs they specialize in the delivery side and dealing with the training providers so um being able to deliver a really good quality employer brand and really good quality recruitment campaigns often hard um mm. and, and there is a lot of struggles there um and, and again i think the competitive nature um and then right now the big issue is they're not hiring often. There's there's probably, I know Nestle are still hiring and I'm pretty sure EY were. Um, in, in the, that's in the apprenticeship and school leaver space. Um, so right now, I think a lot of people that we're hearing are kind of racking their brain thinking, so what can we actually do right now? Because we're not hiring and all of their activity have been led on sort of short-term, just short-term hire, short-term hire, short-term hire. Yeah. But actually, it's a saving grace. And where we've potentially benefited from this is because we, and my role, I look at employer strategy. So everything I do is long-term. I'm looking at long-term projections of campaigns and so on. So mm. it's allowed that pivot where people go, where they're struggling, and now they're going, okay, so the opposite of what we're doing 
what we were doing before is we look at long-term strategy and we look at employer brand and so on. Um, so actually, yes, there's issues, but there's also a lot of positives that you can pull out of these things. And if you're a supplier in this space, you need to figure out how to pivot. If you mm. can't pivot, you're not going to come out of this. And and I know that sounds really cutthroat, <clears throat> but you need to look at the facts right now. If you can't That's pivot, big. if you if you can't create products that people are going to want and that are going to com combat the issue of not going on campus and so on and so forth. And the fact that recruitment activity might not necessarily happen for six, six months to a year. So you need to focus on employer brand activity and student engagement activity. If you can't deliver that, then it will be a struggle for you. Mm. Um, and and we, I do think um, we will see some suppliers in the early career space struggle to come out of this mm. because they won't have pivoted and then there won't be a need for their service for a long time. Um, mm. So yeah, in, in in downfall there is always opportunity, but it's um it it's about the suppliers and the early careers employers and students and teachers and everything else kind of coming together to figure out what does that look like now, mm. um, and that's something that we've seen that we've done with things like Learn Lounge and so on, virtual events. We're delivering online open days for schools, colleges, universities, and even some employers. So. And we've pivoted and it's worked. And there is a few other suppliers that we've seen on the market that have also pivoted and, and it has worked. Mm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I mean, it's, you guys have been super busy. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, which is probably one of your busiest, busiest, busiest moments in the last last few months. But it's, yeah, because yeah, you have weird. been able to pivot to things, which is which is great. It's weird, isn't it? That you you kind of, you. I think we all went into this. And, and obviously my my, I focus obviously solely on employers. So my market, shall we say, has had a great hit, obviously. You know, getting budget signed off right now is very hard because you are at a stage where you've got the hierarchy within big, huge employers, like some of the biggest employers in the world going, mm. we need to strip back costs because mm. we, we've we still got overheads coming out. We don't want to furlough people because we're still working. And they're not signing business with what they deliver. So it mm. has a knock-on effect. So... Yes, we've we've had a hit, but like you said, at the same time, we've also been mega busy because yes, we have pivoted. So in other areas, we've been able to refocus some energy and some time and some resource. So it's it's just it, it's surreal in many ways what's happened and and how it's almost been like a roller coaster. And there's been some really high points. I mean, me personally, I've had some really high points and some really low points because mm. you know we we are all kind of going through this journey together. Um, but it's about keeping very much almost for me personally, keeping my ears to the ground as well and keeping close with the employers about what is going on, what are, what are the issues you're facing and ultimately where can we support now? Yeah, and taking, you know, this is a chance in so many ways to to reset and take stock as we've kind of talked about already, really. It's just, you know, actually thinking long term, especially in the early career space, I think is really important. And going back to the thing about the milk round, there is an element of, Let's go. To, we go again this year. We go again this year, and it's yeah. well. We've got to get people to careers fairs, or we've got to get X number of applications in. But actually, talk about building a relationship over a long time between a brand and 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 its potential, you know, employee in in this case is really important because actually, you know, people's careers go on for a long time, and if you can be a brand that's there in the background or there in the foreground over that you know, over that time then that's that's fantastically um useful i think and yeah and i think especially when you're looking at things like focusing on the first you know first years you know, actually let's let's not just purely wait until the final year when people are say looking at you know 
um, recruiting Farnese into graduate positions. Yes, we've got internships and work placements, but you know, let's get involved right into year one so that when it gets to you know, the final year, people are absolutely rock and rolling and understand yeah. that everything you've been, all the content you've created up to this point um, has then led you to naturally consider, consider that, that organization as a, as a graduate employer. And you can put the ladder back down the other way. I mean, there was a BBC article back around Christmas time saying that um, kids are starting to make career decisions at the age of seven. <laughs> now that's that's mad it is mad but when when you do think back and you speak to kids you know they do that's when they start saying you know i want to be this i want to be that and mm. the reason is often um because of their influences around them at that age um so for example there was on the back of that there was an article and it was something like 60 70 percent of kids well one of their options will be a teacher because they're surrounded by teachers mm, yeah. um but but what I'm saying is actually in secondary schools now, careers education is a part of um, kind of the curriculum, should we say. It's a part of what they need to deliver in form times, in PSHE and things like that. So employers also need to think, OK, well, how do we start speaking to the audience of year seven, eight, nine, tens as well? Who, yes, they're not. we're not going to see a direct ROI as such now. But why don't we talent pool them, for example? Why don't we keep them, kind of keep them in comms with us, invite them to events, maybe do year 10 work experience if they're interested, and create a really robust pipeline so that same as year one grads at university, when they do come to either the 16 plus school leaver apprenticeship route or the 18 plus school leaver apprenticeship route, they are a potential candidate. At the same yeah, time as sure. well, though, you're sowing seeds that, these people may then leave school. So let's say EY start engaging with someone at 13. They may leave school. They may go and study um, finance management at university, but then they may go, oh, EY were really cool. I've done, I done work experience there, and I really like da da da, da. I like their classrooms board, and so on and so on and so forth. I'm going to apply for a grad role there. Yes, yeah, that, yeah. Takes, that takes six years, but that's what pipelines are about. You need mm. to... You need to think, if you're thinking long-term, you need to think long-term and you need to think of pipelines and getting that brand awareness early so that you will reap the benefits for years to come. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And with the, with the you know, with the rise and rise and likely increasingly more so rise of um, ad blocking, you know, and which is ultimately because, because people are annoyed about getting irrelevant yeah. advertising, actually creating your own, kind of a way, becoming a bit like a media company, creating your own following, and using principles of content marketing to provide there's a great, of value is 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 the way forward. Definitely, there's there's a great book for your for your listeners. Um, it's called Build, Building a Tribe, and it's um, the um, the fellow I can't remember his name who created the Tough Mudder movement. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. His, yeah, his yeah. whole his whole um, messaging, the way he built it, was around building tribes and building pe mm. building kind of almost cult following. Mm. Um, and there's so much there that's transferable to our market in terms mm. of how you position your marketing, how you build tribes of people that are interested in you as an employer or you mm. as a supplier or whatever that may be. Um, and I have to admit, it's, it, um, it was recommended to me by someone else who, who works within this market. And mm. you, you don't realize how much similarity there is there. It's, you know, this is talking about basically getting loads of people to run in a field that's really muddy and jump over stuff and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and, I've done that. Yeah, I've dive that. into pools Goodness of cold water yeah. and all that. <laughs> but, but the concept of how they grew that is what we as marketers and we as recruiters need to think, okay, well, we want to build a tribe. We want to build a tribe of young people that generally want to work at us and generally mm. get what we do.
Exactly. And that, you know, that's got that tribe element, you know, and, use, and it's used, different words used for this, but it's the same thing, which is building that, that feeling of tribe and community amongst your, all of your employees. You know, yeah. That's ultimately, that's, you know, massively about employer, employer branding and your employee value proposition. Um, yeah. If you have people who feel that they are in the right place for them and working with people that are, you know, um, are of the right, of the same kind of view on, on life, um, then they're going to do, so they're going to enjoy themselves at work. And in turn, the, you know, the, the organization is going to be successful in, in so many ways because of it. Um, Definitely, 100%. Well, we'll tell you what, ping me that link to that um, that book. And what I'll do is I'll yeah, drop, it in the, drop it in the episode description um, along with some other stuff that we've talked about here. I think there's some useful things we can we can ping people to. Um, so thinking about the next question. Yeah, so I think we've got probably another, let's say, maybe 10 minutes. So, but you know, what do you kind of, can you tell us about what you're doing, something you're doing with a client at the moment? You don't have to name them or what I'll tell you yeah. to you, but you know, what, do you, what is it you're doing with a client um, at the moment that um, you think our listeners would be interested to hear about? Yeah, so um, I, I think the big thing, I'm going to speak purely on the time we're in now. Mm. Um, a lot of clients I'm speaking to, we're looking at long-term 12, 24-month strategies, which is fine. Um, but speaking more in the next six to 12 months, let's say. Um, so there's one client we're currently um, in, in, in talks with as such, and, and I'm putting together kind of a, a unique um, sort of proposal for them based on a series of, of virtual events. So what we're looking at is the concept of a college and university open day. Um, that um, we're delivering in our online open days format for a number of different education providers. Um, and actually what they're looking at is, is ultimately reinvesting, firstly, all of their events budget into virtual events. So what we're looking at is a series of um, really, really highly targeted employer employer insight days. So um, you'll have a com- like they'll have a complete microsite that will be branded around them, and then they'll have um, across the section of a week they're looking at sort of three or four events um, around each business function. So, for argument's sake, um, this is completely hypothetical here, but you'd have one day all about engineering, and then you'd mm. have one day all about business and admin, and one day all about accounting and finance. For that's mm. for uh, speculative, obviously, um, but that's the format they're looking at, and. Um, Ultimately, the reason being is they said we we want to obviously get the same results that we'd get, you know, going around the country delivering on campus. But what they said was, in theory, we could get the same results and reach the same number of students in four days when we probably spend 100 days out on the road. So (laughs) I think for early careers recruiters, they're kind of going, why have we not done this sooner? (laughs) Because it's all of a sudden you've alleviated 100 days of your time. Yeah, where where two members of your team are trudging up and down the country in a car with a load of roller banners, a load of leaflets that cost a lot, by the way. You know, <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, <laughs> and and even if you go yeah. to yes, some careers fairs on campus stuff is free, but there's also a lot of careers fairs you pay for, and, and they yeah, come at sure. a cost. Yeah. So it's like, well, why have we done this before? So a lot of the strategies at the moment are looking at short-term virtual solutions, but mm. actually we're also thinking. Well, yeah, if we can target the same audience, why don't we just keep this going? Because yeah. it, it creates that time that we never had before and it creates the same results, hopefully. That's the plan. Um, yeah. But actually, 100 days is, is not 100 days. It's 
if it's two people, it's 200 days. <laughs> if it's, yeah, if it's, if it's two people yeah. and then maybe some people like, you know, some trainees turning up to the careers fair or, or a talk, it's, it's all of a sudden a year gets eaten up very quickly in terms For of sure. time, time we're, spent. <laughs> we're, we're also looking at, um, at the moment as well, what we're doing a lot of is, is how we can engage the influencer audience. So how we can speak to our network of careers advisors and parents for employers, because again, um, recent conversations um, with employers who were in the process of, of hopefully onboarding um, is, well, we need to speak to this audience right now. And this goes back to my point earlier that there is not, there, there's not that there's no trust in the market, but there is a lack of trust from some people in the market or a bit of a bit of sort of everyone's a bit scared that what's going to happen now so employers do need to speak to that audience so we, we're looking at um obviously running campaigns around that um potentially doing parents parent outreach events as well so mm. potentially you could do a virtual event just focused around parents a couple of employers have looked at things like that mm. so it, it's such an interesting time, but I think the virtual events thing is probably the main focus right now and the most mm. interesting that we, we're delivering. And actually, that, that means then you can spend the time you have freed up by not spending X number of hundreds of days on um, yeah. at school or on campus by, by going, let's choose, you know, let's choose the schools next to our you know main locations or let's, yeah. let's go to the universities. We absolutely know. And focus on quality. Yeah, and yeah absolutely just go all out on it go go 100 on it that's the thing we obviously we so we have a network of schools and colleges around the country that we engage with um and then engage with their students and so on mm. um but the, the funniest thing is when you talk to an employer you go okay so you go to 50 schools so what's the rri on that and they often say i don't know we hear that a lot because they don't they don't track it they just say we just go and speak and that's it yeah. um or they'll be so how do you how do you measure the roi and they'll go oh we'll count the number of people in the room and they're like right so but what does that achieve to, oh we don't know because we don't continue comms with them mm. so it's that that's where this um covid19 scenario and digital solutions they've gone ah so we can actually get a really strong roi and track everything and and not have to have to spend all that time. So it is quite funny when you you do, and, and employers have a laugh about it as well. They go, it is it is mental when you think about it that mm. we do all this on campus stuff, which is great and it's great it's great activity. But if we can deliver it virtually with with a much better return on investment, then why wouldn't we? Um, I think it's it's tough as well, isn't it? I think you know it's certainly when everyone is so busy, you know you it's, you know often just get on to the next thing, don't you? And that you know. Uh, that's why it's great. One of the positive things about what's going on at the moment with, with the pandemic is it's it is getting people to, as you say, kind of reset. Really, um, yeah, definitely. I, I've been I, I was involved in a in an event um, a few years back where, um, you know, it was so just it was just going to become a physical event, and we made sure actually that it became an online event as well. So we had twenty five people, twenty five students listen to a panel of, of. Um, panel of people talking about leadership um, one of them included um, um the then director of harlequins rugby oh amazing um, connor o'shea i think it was that was it connor o'shea i think he's he was at italy at one point i don't know where he is now but anyway you know big name in in the sports yeah you know, sports um kind of arena so to speak and um so we had 25 students at the event but had 250 people at the live event on wow. U- youtube live and then 
course, like with you know what you guys are doing, you then got your kind of on-demand content, yeah, and that was that reached two and a half thousand people. Yeah, like, it's, straight away you're scaling it up. But I mean, classroom, keep choosing events in the right at the right time, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, classroom to boardroom, um, it's on something like eight hundred thousand views across all the episodes. That's awesome. Um, it's probably even higher now, um, given that obviously we've probably done some more or have done some more promotion, um, given the kids are at home. Um, but yeah, the the you know the value of that it, it it takes a lot of physical and time to get eight hundred thousand eyeballs on things. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, if you can do that in in more attractive and interesting formats, then then why not? At yeah. the end of the day. So yeah, last last bit really. I kind of like to kind of finish with some some tips or you know yeah some tips for our listeners so what would be your kind of main tip or tips for early careers marketers get to know your audience focus on audience 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 um focus on what your audience wants what is and, and look at profiling i think existing uh, apprentices graduates what is it what 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 is it that appealed to them and then try and look at replicating that um, and, and looking at the audience you're also targeted down to, what do they want to see? Um, it's probably the most undervalued area is putting audience first um, across social, across other digital formats, across in person and so on. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Um, obviously look at, I don't know how to necessarily phrase this, but look at um, look at new, new attraction methods, new new suppliers really use this time to look at new digital formats look at things that you were maybe not scared to use not things like that but look at using this time to to look at what's out there and and put together a really robust strategy Mm. um and i think last thing that's really important is think long term with with early career strategies um you need to think about your year seven eight nine ten you do need to think about that audience you need to think about Mm. building pipelines you need to think about the next two three years how is your employer brand going to be positioned you need to think about like i said people are going to be asking you now in the future and in two three years so what did your how did your brand react to covid19 so you do need to think long term you need to think about your employer brand and you need to think how am I? How are we aligned as a business to this audience as well? And I think all three of them kind of tie in nicely together, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Nice. Well, it's been a really great chat with you, Connor. I Likewise, really enjoyed it. we could definitely have done this for much longer, but you know, may, maybe maybe we do do another episode in in the future. But yeah, thanks very much for your time. Pleasure. Really, really appreciate it. And um, thank you. Yeah, I'll let you know when we when we get this live. Amazing. Thanks, Chris. Great. Thanks, Connor. Take care. thanks for listening and don't forget to follow or subscribe for the latest episode drops and don't forget to get in touch if you want to contribute